This is Chris Somney, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> What do you know? All stealthy and shit. Yep. Silky smooth. They don't know. Well, they know now, but they didn't know that we were going to visit them on a Tuesday. They didn't. Mm -mm. We surprised them all, special like. Yeah, we did. We we had to tell them what won the book of the month later, so you know we had to do this. You got to read, and they don't have much time. Oh, it's such a thick thing. No, but so it's, many words it's a short month, though, so they don't have a lot of time to read. Yeah, February. Guess what my address is? Now, remember. I know what it is. You, you know what it is. Now, remember, I live on February Drive. Yes. My house number? I know what it is. 228. Yes. Isn't that awesome? It is. I love it. Second month, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if they planned it that way, but here I am, Mr. Yeah. Love, on February Drive, just... Twing, shooting the arrows. Oh, deluge with gifts. Oh, now, right? yeah, they don't know the rest of it. But you're going to know the rest of it because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 724, Stealth, Tuesday, because we love you. And I'm Vince B. Oof. We do. You are. I'm David A. Price. I can vouch for that. And I am Kazuchika Okada. Ooh. Mm, why? I mean, anytime you get to be the greatest wrestler of his generation, why shouldn't you be? Hmm. You're not Okada. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And this episode is brought to you by our beautiful patrons. Yep. Patrons. Patrons rise up. They're there for us each and every month. And they're there for you as well, because this is how it works. The patrons... The Medici's of the, the the comic book podcast world they <laughs> they uh, offer us la- stuff and they elevate the whole damn thing. You get extra episodes, you get bonus content, you get all that stuff because of the patrons. And if you're a patron, you get even more. You get cover of the day, you get videos, you get all this other stuff. You get the Slack, which is a community unto itself, robust. There's lots of stuff going on in the Slack. You want to know more? Go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. No apostrophe and one one going in. That's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Go check it out. Nice. Yeah. Short and sweet. So we can get to talking to some comics. Love it. My lovely wife has got an existential crisis going on. Oh? Oh, Why? Was the host of her favorite reality shows embroiled in controversy? Her favorite oh, reality that. show. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Harrison, the host of The Bachelor. Okay. Stepping down. I, when I okay. saw the headline, I was like, I, at first I thought it said Chris Hansen. I was like, wait, why is, oh. the, why is the perv dude like hosting The Bachelor? I'm like, I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. But then I reread the headline, and I'm like, yeah, so so what is what what's the controversy? Well. I don't know the whole story because, I mean, I'm I'm not plugged in here totally, but the current season of The Bachelor is the first where The Bachelor Bachelor is a a black man, Matt James. And um, I guess one of the contestants, I'm not sure if she's been eliminated or if she's still on the show, 
but a very, from what I see of her picture here, she's drop dead gorgeous. But one of the contestants, a white girl, um, is um, probably not unlike many young white girls from the South, and that she's pretty racially insensitive. And there's a, I guess people dug up her, mm. you know, old socials, and she like went to a, um, like an antebellum plantation party a few years ago. Lovely. She dressed up as uh, Pocahontas a few years ago, things like that. And I guess the the controversy is, and and uh, admittedly, I, I could be totally getting some of the nuances here wrong, which either make it seem far worse than it is or far far less. I don't know, but but Chris Harrison was on one of the extra entertainment tonight or one of those shows, and I guess one of the hosts of those shows now is a former contestant. So she, you know, she she was on The Bachelor as one of the the contestants. Uh, and she was talking to him about, I guess, this girl and and her racially insensitive past. And I guess to say he handled the interview poorly would be an understatement. Like, I guess yeah. he was saying things like, well, yeah, it was inappropriate in, in, in 2018. Or it, he, he was like, it, it, it would, it's inappropriate in 2021, but was it really inappropriate in 2018? And and the, the, the host was like, yeah, it was inappropriate any time she did it. And he's like... Yeah, but I mean, you're right mm-hmm. now, certainly, because people understand. He's like, but my point is, is that back then, what were there 50 million people that did something like that? So I guess he just, he just, from what I gather, he came across as just completely, absolutely tone deaf when it comes yeah. to the idea of appropriation and and, uh, uh. and systemic racism. And I guess it just blew up, you know. And and he he's he's stepping now. They say he's temporarily stepping down, but I, I you know, who knows if that's a like a, a soft firing or if it's literally just until they feel like, let's see if it cools off. And he, I don't know. You know, I don't know that, but, but, uh, currently dude's been like squeaky clean. Like, I'm like, you know, and Amer- uh, the, uh, the, the women of America adore the man. So it's touching. Well, there you go. Dap, what are you drinking? Uh, I am sipping on some Michter's. Wow. What? What is that? <laughs> Can you say wait wait let him say it again. Say what what was that? What is that? <laughs> it is uh unblended American whiskey. Oh. Huh. Mm. So he's going he's going hardcore this episode. Well, see, the thing is I had um I made uh some it wasn't busted. I made I basically I made shrimp scampi tonight, and and so I had wine with it. But um, the wine, I guess, towards the end of the meal was is kind of sweet. It was just it wasn't it wasn't sitting right. I just I so I wanted to. I generally don't like mixing. If I start with something, I want to continue it. But um, I figured, you know what? I, I, I took the dog for a walk. It's it's chilly out. Let me um, let me warm up a bit. With some whiskey, I haven't had the mixers in a minute because I've been saving it. I just like looking at the bottle and and and, but I should drink some of it before it might evaporate. But um, I figured I'll 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 sit here, I'll sip on this, talk to my booze, and and just have a nice chill evening. Even though you know I'm worried about some of our friends, especially in Texas and Arkansas. But uh, um, yeah, I just I figured. Felt like a whiskey kind of thing tonight. But uh, what are you drinking, Mitz? Well, I'm drinking from uh, Menage a Trois. Ooh. I'm drinking Midnight. It's a dark red blend from 
2018. It's very good. Yes. The prophecy is gone. Drank it last night. And uh, opened this up for my man David, because I know he likes the menage a trois. Who doesn't? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a very long while. It's been a while. Uh, very nice. <laughs> it's, very, it's very dark. It's very. Oh, I mean, he's a. He's, well, he's a trumper. Uh, oh, you, is he? Yeah. He's Who a, is? The, the dude from Stained. Oh, it is oh right. yeah, F him. I couldn't even tell you that Stained sang that song. So yeah, F F yeah. him. Okay. They're, ba- oh, they're the greatest hits for Sonic a single. I'll scratch that. Uh, Did you just say cause single? Whoever, whoever uttered Kasingle in, like, the aughts? Nobody. It's true. It's true. That was back in high school. You'd go and see the top ten Kasingles. Yeah. That same Sam Goody. Goody. No, I, yeah. I'd never buy cassettes. Uh, that wasn't my media. Too too fragile. I try not to buy anything from Sam Goody, those overpriced motherfuckers. They were stupid expensive. They were. It's true. What you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking some tea. Good. That's a lot of tea here. A little, uh-huh. little lemon. Oh, you can add a hot tie. A little Splenda. Yeah. A little Splenda. Uh, the doc said everything. I mean, you, you, you're you fine with the uh, artificial sweeteners? That, that That's yeah. not. Okay. I thought it leads to explosive, like, bowel shit. That's oh, not that's, Olestra. That's Olestra. You oh. Over here, eating those Olean potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, my, my, my colon feels funny. Mm. Super colon chips. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's tell them the winner of the book of the month so they can prepare. Oh, this, I mean, it is a Patreon episode, so it's a patron-sponsored episode. Thanks, Patreon. So we have uh, the February book of the month. It was all Marvel graphic novels all the time. Uh, your 11 options, 11 choices. The 11 nominees were The Aladdin Effect, Marvel graphic novel number 16 by David Michelini and Greg LaRocque. Uh, Alien Legion, A Gray Day to Die, number 25, by Carl Potts and Alan Zelenitz and Frank Sirocco. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, Predator and Prey, which is number 34, by Bill Mantlo and Larry Stroman. Conan the Reaver, by Don Carr and John Severn, that's number 28. Doctor Strange, Into Shambhala, was number 23, by J.M. DeMatteis and Dan Green. The Futurians... Number nine by Dave Cockrum. Heartburst, number 10 by Rick Veach. The Punisher Assassin's Guild by Joe Duffy and Jorge Safino. That was number 40. Star Slammers, Marvel graphic novel number six by Mr. Walter Simonson. Void Indigo by Steve Gerber and Val Mayeric. That was number 11. And Wolverine, Nick Fury, The Scorpio Connection, Marvel graphic novel number 50 by Archie Goodwin and Howard Shakin. And it was close. Uh, but your winner is Doctor Strange into Shambhala by Jane Bingtais and Dan Green. Yeah, blows my mind that that one. It really does. <laughs> it it kind of does because I was I was flipping through it today and I'm like this. I mean it it looks great. It lo- because you know I I know Dan Green is an anchor and 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 um. The, I, I really like the images. I love that one full page. It, it, there's just there are some cool looking pages in this book. Um, but it wasn't even one of the most popular uh, MGNs back in the day. 
like I remember the the Marvel graphic novel train hitting hard and heavy and people were freaking out over it and they were loving it and then it started to peter out a little bit and I think that's around the time of this Shambhala thing. What number was it, Shambhala? 23. Yeah, that makes a little bit of sense, right? Actually, I think the the opinion started to sour around the Aladdin effect. That has to predate. 16. Right, yeah, yeah. But my heart is hurt that some of my favorites didn't win. I really prepared to read Alien Legion. And that only got 9% of the votes. That's I mean, crazy. It, was, it, it is. It Maybe because they remember, I mean, I, I, for long-term listeners, which probably are a lot of the slackers, might remember that we've done deep dives on the Alien Legion before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not that graphic novel, but... No, like, I didn't expect um, uh, Rick Veach's... Uh, no. I didn't no. expect that to get anything. I didn't, and that, that was actually, that was uh, tied for last place with 3% of the votes with the Aladdin effect. Uh, second place was Star Slammers with 20% of the votes. Um, you had a lot of them got 9%, like the Alien Legion, like Cloak and Dagger, um, Wolverine, Nick Fury. 4% went to Void Indigo. 6% went to the Punisher Assassin's Guild. 7% to the Futurian, so perhaps Dave Cockrum. That's the one I really, I included that in my choices because I really wanted to read that again. Yeah, I would have liked that too. Um... And that's not to say, you know, we can't take Team no. on a late date. It's, um, you know, I was, I, listen, I, I'm a mark for Doctor Strange. We watched the movie again last weekend. It's, it's a good time. It's the Wi-Fi password at uh, Camertage. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm fine with the winner. It, it'll be interesting to read. We do have, you know, we have some other things lined up for this month. So um, I have a couple other things to read as well. But the, uh, yeah, I, I, I. I am surprised at the way I'm surprised at the numbers. Yeah. Some of the nominees got, I, they I, fell I, in strange directions, which is okay. Did. That's the way it works. Right. When you, when you have a really a legit democratic process, that's the way, you know, you I, I accept almost, the results. Almost put, um, Greenberg the vampire on here, but then I figured I, I did. I, I, it's, it's one of the, don't ask a question. You don't want to know the answer to. And I really didn't want to see how few votes that would have gotten. Yeah. So I was just like, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't bother. Well, uh, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, oh, how much of our childhood dreams were tweaked with that last episode of uh, <laughs> Vision and Scarlet <laughs> WandaVision? Oh my God! Oh. Yeah, woo, lordy! Uh, I I just ignored the comments that uh, it's taking too long. I don't really care what oh, pe- yeah, people have to say. I, I think it's a lot of fun. And again, just seeing her in that costume was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I so there are there are two. Um, as far as I know, there are two front runners. As far as the um, the aerospace engineer that Monica contacted for the drone. And people think that that person is going to be revealed before the season is over. Who do you think she called? I don't want to be insensitive. I uh, know you love doing things like this. You love okay. to, to to assume. I I don't really care. I didn't even think about. No, no, it. no, no. Listen, no. I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be surprised regardless. Yeah. No, I didn't even. I didn't even consider it. I didn't. I wasn't. I was distracted. I Sorry. understand that. 
I mean, yeah. I, I mean, listen, Monica's on the screen. I'm, I'm distracted, no doubt. Yeah, and, she's and very pretty too, too. But, but the um, no, I just it was one of those things where I'm I'm watching it, and and because I'm sitting there with my wife, and she has some questions, and and so I'm watching Monica, and she's texting, and I, I mean, I'm not. I, listen, I'm not. You know me and spoilers and trying to, you know, guess ahead. I just, I want to see things play out. It's like when people watch a trailer and they figure, you know, they know everything about I I'm cool with letting things play out. I, I wanted to, a lot of people seem to think mm-hmm. it's Reed Richards. I'm thinking, as cool as that is. Yeah, no. Because I wonder, I, I would think they would save the Fantastic Four for the screen, but Let's I'm hope. thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking if they want to, if, if they want to bring somebody in, if they want to make a big deal, I was and I, I was thinking it could be Blue Marvel. Yeah, that seems to be the most popular pick. Which is Ad, cool. Adam Brashear seems to be the one that most places, yeah. most sites are saying is likely. And if but was, I don't know that that matters to most. I mean, I, I no, would think no. like I would I would think that like one percent or less of people watching the show that if even read comics would know who he is. So I don't know why that would like, I'm not seen, sure why that would be the pick. I've seen, uh, uh, Arnie was, um, I'm pretty sure it was Arnie. He sent, uh, a screen cap of eBay listings and people are selling their, uh, first appearances of blue Marvel for Steve. Yeah. Cause they figured that's who's going to show up. Is that it, still it, a thing? Like whenever. Oh the, yeah, yeah. 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 Really? The, so the the possibility of a character appearing in the possibility of a character appearing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe ignites the mechanism to sell, 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 sell. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's t- weird. Just the last, like, it feels like a circle jerk, you know? Like exactly. Same yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it's I. I wish I had the energy to participate and just sell like I. I mean, I have the first. I would be. I would be more than happy to sell it. Like, I don't, you know, for a markup, I just it seems like a hassle. Right. I mean, I haven't looked to see what what any any of the Kirby's Eternal books are going for. Once you know, when they, when they announced the movie the, a couple of years ago, I, I don't. I, I didn't follow that. I know that. Um, I know people have uh, sold their Cara Dune black figures for some pretty decent coin in recent days. Mm. I, I've stopped selling uh, back issues, especially Silver Age or, or Bronze Age, because when I die, my children will be able to hopefully, you know, make a nice little nest egg out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know? I thought it could be Brashear. I thought it could be Abigail Brand. But again, that's not going to matter to anybody that hasn't read the comics. True. Um and I mean, I think because Monica, or because um, what's her name, uh, Cat, uh, oh, Cat works for Sword in the show, and obviously Abigail Brand is the leader of Sword. But then why wouldn't Cat Dennings have called her? So it's probably not her. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it could be Reed Richards, but that would seem like a total waste, almost anticlimactic. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. At this point, why would they do that? Because the majority of the people, well, not the majority, but at least half of the people that have been plugged into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this iteration of it, right, are going to be like, what? This is the failed thing that nobody went to see in the in the theaters? Well, why do, yeah, why do we care? <laughs> yeah, twice. Why do we care about this? We don't. 
And actually, she, I mean three, three movies, but but but, but I mean they, they they did the first one and then they tried to reboot it with uh, yeah, but at Tyler least at least Captain it. America was in the first one. He won't Captain America yet, true, but true. you know. And he was also Jensen in the Losers. I mean, my man has been in more. Com- he's like the Josh Brolin, and and the Ryan Reynolds of of comic book movie actors. Oh, Chris, Chris Evans has been yeah, oh, Chris Evans yeah. a ton of dudes. Well, he's done now. Do you know? No, he's back. No, I mean he, he's done. He'll never play. In oh that. yeah, he's Cap. Yeah, yeah he's, he's Cap. He, he is Cap. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. That that is. I mean, it, and and uh, Henry Cavill looks great in the suit. I think Al Gadot is is a great Wonder Woman. But but for whatever reason, Marvel has just done a stellar job of of pairing up actors to play their characters. Oh hell it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's yeah. Unreal. Not only actors but directors and writers sure. and designers. Yeah. And everybody associated with the very act of movie making, Marvel seems to pick competent people. Where DC, mm, I don't know what's going on with this Zack Snyder thing. I saw the Dark Side next month. Oh my goodness, it looks like a dog's breakfast. Well, and, I'm going to watch it out of curiosity's sake. Yeah, oh, same. so is a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But you have Daryl, like you know, don't judge till you see it. Like, okay, that's fair though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we it, say the same. Thing. It is fair, but that image does. You know, nothing for me. And I don't think anything good is going to come out of it. So, whatever. I'm a pessimist. Let's talk about some... People will be happy. They'll have their Snyder Cut, and and hopefully we can move on. But but why? Why do we need this? Whatever. Well, I mean, a lot of people seemingly want it. Now, whether they want it after they see it, that's another question. (laughs) But at least, yeah, you hear what you wish for. Listen, if this was what we were supposed to see in the theater a bunch of years ago, so be it. It, It's just, I mean, I'm... I mean, I, I don't... I wouldn't put odds on it, but there's a small percentage of me that's open to the idea of watching it and then saying, you know what? Props to Snyder. Like, I, really, yeah, really I, was, you know, with what happened to his kid, it really was the situation that it just was became untenable. And he finally got to give us the movie he wanted. And it's a lot better than the original. I mean, like, I, again, I don't I'm not going to say I think that's the likely outcome, but I right. I'm open to it. I mean, it's and also, I, I, so I'll is the is the original it. movie going to if that's the case? Is the original movie going to be within this film? It, yeah, 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 yeah. There's. Well, the, I don't see it. Just like, the, it's the same movie, just with more scenes. Yeah, no. You know what? It, I, if I had a, a a nice bucket of whipped cream, and I dipped a big hunk of shit in it, it would still taste like shit dipped in whipped cream, right? So that's what I'm saying. The original was not good. I. I and, and to just slather well, all these extra scenes over it, I don't see how it's going to make that original core lump of crud any better. Maybe it'll, Makes It'll sense. be a good for film study students all across universities for years to come about whether final edit is all that important or not. I'm I'm a fan of these characters. I just I I can hope for the best. I I want to see them done well, and I can only hope that that happens. We'll find yeah, out. Same. Yeah, but that's not really a testament to the final edit because weren't these scenes shot post mortem? Like well, after- it's saying. It's a little different because remember the circumstances, right? I mean, his kid died, and so he left the film. So he didn't ever get to put out the film that he wanted to put out. Okay, he, did, he was there for all the principal photography, and then yeah. So and then what's this? This this mythical Schneider cut was always a, was fake news for a while, just like the Deadpool movie was fake news until it became a reality, and then. Finally, because of the streaming wars, they they said, you know what? Let's do this Snyder cut. It'll be a huge draw, and it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. Um. And and then they gave him budget to do more shooting. So yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know. Um. My favorite post 
principal photography edit in a major movie is the uh, the elevator scene in Top Gun, where he gets on the elevator and Kelly McGillis has got sunglasses on and a hat and her hair slicked back because she had already dyed it brown for uh, the Babe Ruth movie she was doing with John Goodman. I love that. That's uh, that that's like the shawarma scene in. Um in the first Avengers movie, because everybody's sitting around a table eating, and Cap has his, his he's he's got his fist against his his chin, his jaw. You can't see his face because he grew the beard for for one of his other roles. Oh, uh, maybe Snowpiercer. Interesting. Maybe yeah. Nice. Yeah. Back to Wandavision real quick. I have to say, um, I'm glad that. Um, Quicksilver was a big part of the episode. Yes. Like the way that they used him. Yes. Um, loved loved Wiccan's little Halloween outfit. Yep, for sure. And yeah, like you said, Vince, the, the seeing him in their costumes of what they would look like if they were in the comics was, mm. was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I will say that there is a, I do think there is a, well, I don't know if it's a fair criticism or not, but I can understand the criticism, which is that for as much as we're enjoying this stuff, a lot of the stuff is inside baseball. Sure. Like even the even the blinking out now now I don't know what percentage of people watching WandaVision haven't seen all the Avengers films I'm assuming it's a very small percent so it's probably not that big a deal but in and of itself if you're just watching the show you're hella confused when they talk about those five years were crazy and you know you know you you blinked it you know that doesn't mean if unless you saw the Avengers films you don't know what that means at all you have no clue I think I think there's I think there's more people. I think not as many people have Disney Plus, regardless of who your phone carrier is or anything like that. I think I think more people saw the Avengers movies than are watching WandaVision. So I think it's 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 like when um, buying a miniseries that that ties into an event or the main series. It's like you you you're, you're buying you're buying the main book, and and if you get, I think there might be some confusion because yeah, if, if there, there was no, there's no um, lettering on the screen. There's no, there, there's no scene setting information, so it doesn't say. Like it, when you're watching the Avengers, they'll tell you, you know, you're in Scovia, you're in New York. It's five years later. Or anything. This was, this is. It's almost like it's happening in real time. So when you see her waking up in the hospital, and then everything's going crazy, there, the show is hoping you get the fact that. It's after the snap, and and the Hulk brought everybody back, and um, that's I'm I'm optim- I'm 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 optimistic. I'm I'm hopeful that the audience watching Wandavision is. I don't know how many I don't know how many people watching Wandavision who were just casual Disney Plus viewers who were like, yeah, let me just see what's on today. It, it's I, I'm pretty sure people who who've seen the movie only I want to say only people watching Wandavision are people who are keyed into the MCU. It's true, but like just going on my own situation, I mean, Beth has seen all the Marvel movies with me, mm-hmm. but she still needs me to remind her about this. Yes, stuff. same, same, you know? same. Right? Yeah. Like that, she's like, now what? What? What are they talking about? And then I'll tell her. She's like, oh yeah, that's right. So again. It's all fine, and she's enjoying the show too. So I'm not saying it's a failing. It seems like the show is doing well for them, and I'm sure many people out there know this already. But Disney announced last week that 95 and a half million people have subscribed to Disney Plus, which is four years ahead of their that's great goal. So 
they're doing all right. Um, yeah, but like, but but it, but it, it, and I don't know, I don't know what the fix would be other than saying, you know, a flash, like showing a flashback or some kind of interstitial. Surprisingly, so they kind of, and I was surprised to see when they did the um, previously on in the last episode, they did show the Pietro from Age of Ultron in the flashbacks. They did show him getting gunned down. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and and but they didn't show that. They that we they didn't show him at all in any episode prior to that opening mm-hmm. uh, and, and and after that and and what's great is that um I love the fact that they called out the uh they, they called out her losing her accent because she's like where's your accent he's like well where's yours and she hasn't had the accent since like before the end of Civil War I think like she hasn't had her accent but but when she went out to meet. Hayward and everybody from Sword, she kind of did when she was telling them, "Stay away, I'm in charge here. Everything's fine. Don't worry about anything." I think I kind of heard an accent. So she's definitely, it's it's I'm 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 loving this ride. I just you know I I, it's one of those things where, um, I I'm I'm having fun. I don't want to know. I'm I'm absolutely letting them write the story but but i'm having fun trying to guess to see okay well if i i i love seeing little reveals here and there like 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 when um he gets in the head of his co-worker and all he wants us to do is like you know tell my family i love them and or he sees agnes in the car and she starts when she comes out of it and she starts practically crying and and telling him you know it, it's it's it, they're aware obviously and and it's wanda something's gonna crack and 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 i have no idea what's going to happen when this is when when this when the season is over because you know, vision was dead vision he's, uh, he just he, he he was gone at the end of infinity war and you know we know now how he's back and she broke into the facility and she, and she got him. But that's as soon as he left Westview, uh, he started to break down again. So it's, I'm, it's, it's, I'm really, really enjoying the show. And I, I, I am enjoying watching it with my wife because yeah, when, when the questions do come up, when the things like that happen, when, um, I have a feeling we're probably going to watch Captain Marvel again soon because we we tend to watch a Marvel movie a weekend and and it usually ties into something that either jogs her memory or um, just yeah going down memory lane or something like that. But um, I, I I like that this series is kind of touching on different things from most of the movies i not, nothing really for ant-man but obviously she's got the connection to captain marvel there's the connections to all the avengers movies they're doing something every, almost every episode is is a throwback is, is, is a recall to 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 a previous movie i just i think it's so well done agreed yep it's comics vince is, vince is like we came on tonight to give the people comics talk no, I mean it's comics I, I, adjacent. Hey, it's it, no, it's not adjacent. It is comics, right? It's 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 the same wellspring from um, the, the, from way I see it. Uh, if somebody doesn't understand something that happened on Wandavision, 
if they care enough to go on the internet, there's hundreds of sites that can ins- explain every episode to them in minute detail. So the fact that somebody's not getting it is really not a concern for me. Like, whatever. Yeah, if you don't get it, you don't get it. If you want to get it, there's plenty of resources out there that you can get it. You can, yep. under- you can understand it. So, all right, yeah, right, comics. Let's talk about them. What you been reading? Who, who are you talking to, Jason or myself? Uh, let us... I don't remember the last time when Jason kicked off Comic Talk. Oh, shit. Step, stepping up to the plate, to the batter's box and all that. Yeah, no, I got the little. I got something a little fun. It was, it was, a, it was a nice little, little, little sorbet in between courses. Um, the, the version I'm going to speak on, because it's the physical version, I should say, is from Image Comics. But that would be doing a disservice to its roots, because I'm speaking about Black Hand and Iron Head. Oh, yeah! Written and drawn by David Lopez of yeah. Captain Marvel fame, among others. Longtime Spanish cartoonist, moved to the or started doing U.S. comics about mm, eight, eight, eight-ish, eight, ten years ago. Been pretty much doing American comics ever since. Very, very, you know, mostly superhero stuff. Very much uh, like his style a lot. It's uh, it, so it was kind of nice to see him stretch his chops. And so the, the the book form that I'm holding here is by image, but um, its roots, as I alluded, are in Panel Syndicate, which, of course, is the Brian K. Vaughan, Marcus Martin, pay-what-you-want web-based digital comic platform. We've talked a lot about the books over the years, with the one you feed, Bad Karma, Friday that's going on right now, Private Eye, Barrier. We've, we've done, you know, we've talked about most of, most of the stuff they've put out. But one of the few things we haven't discussed as us, unless my my age adult brain had forgotten, is Black Hand and Ironhead, um, which he put out in five issue form on Panel Syndicate back in 2018. The last issue was available in September of 2018, so we're about 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 two and a half years ago. I guess the story was finished if you were reading it in that form. Um, and then it seems like they have a panel. It seems to have an ongoing deal now with image to put out this stuff because they've pretty much done so for like all the aforementioned works that are complete. Um, and much like private eye and barrier, which we've discussed previously, they put it out in a, um, a portrait form, you know, or I mean a landscape form rather. Um, so it's, it's not eight and a half by 11. Um, it's, it's, it's a little longer than a like a digest upside down. I'd say it's probably like six by ten, six by eleven, um, which is perfect for the for the form that it was originally published on as a web comic. And it's a um, it's a cool little nifty story. It's it's the 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 names refer to to super power super powered young women in this universe. Um, they happen to be. Uh, Step uh, not half sisters, they have the same dad, um, and their dad was um, one of the great superheroes of the of the world. Basically, the premise is there was a uh, event called the Lesseps Terror, where there was so much damage and peripheral uh, killing and destruction. As the heroes fought the villains, 
that it led to a sea change in how they handled things. Um, a group of heroes known as the Foundation started an actual foundation where they effectively agreed that they didn't, they couldn't, they couldn't fight this way anymore. And fast forward now, this is many, many years later, probably decades. I don't know that they say how long ago, but it was it was a generation ago. So there's no more caped shenanigans. There's no more superhero crime. And what happens is effectively the heroes and the villains fight in cage matches, MMA style to the death. Now, we don't ever see those cages or anything. So that's that's just kind of the background. But we're brought into the story where Alexia, who is a short, uh, short, short haired, she's got short blonde hair. Um, she's a heavy set girl uh, living in the city and kind of a tomboy wears sweatpants, sweatshirt. And she is the, at the time, we think she is the sole daughter and heir of this fortune and this big corporation. Just as she's about to um, take control of the company from her dad, even though she's reluctant to do so, he passes away, or so we think. And she's kind of thrust into this role of this head of this foundation, and she's ill-prepared for it. But before this all happens, we see, as they're having the, the, the meeting with the board about her taking control, her father, who's this strapping, really good-looking superhero guy, uh, this at this point he's an older gentleman who's so got gray hair and beard and such, but he's telling her how he he shows her off a costume that he wants her to wear as the new head, and and she's like I can't fit into that costume, like oh like there's no way I can squeeze into that, and he says yeah you're gonna have to lose weight, we're gonna dye your hair, and we're gonna get your freckles removed, because none of those things are becoming of a of a leader of the organization. So he's very um critical of his of his daughter, you know, and her and her her being. Um, and all that takes place and he, he passes away. And then at the funeral in walks a badass uh, young black woman with glasses and half of her head is a, is a, is a, is a dope Afro. The other half is a shaved head with green dyed uh, buzz cut. And she walks in and she breaks up the whole situation, takes over the podium where the eulogy is taking place and says, you know, fuck this guy. He put my mom in jail for nothing. She didn't do anything wrong. And uh, and he's my father, too. So this is kind of like um, an odd couple situation. There have been plenty of stories of this ilk where two people are thrust together that uh, are like oil and water. And that's these two. You've got this angry, uh, street smart, accomplished, uh, confident woman who is the illegitimate daughter. And she goes by Black Hand because that's what her mom's name was. And then you've got Alexia who, again, is this somewhat shy, awkward, uh, lacking in self-confidence, um, you know, white girl named, and she goes by Iron Ironhead, who is her, uh, who is what her father was known as. And the adventures ensue. Basically, they are thrust into a bit of a mystery because all of the Foundation's assets, the weapons and costumes that have been sitting in a museum for a decade because there's no need for them anymore are all missing. They're, uh, Alexia's uncle, who is the best friend and another member of the Foundation, has been arrested for embezzlement because $10 billion is missing from the Foundation's accounts. And he swears he's innocent, but he's the one that was in control of finances. And because of Ironhead dying... Um, their greatest enemy, 
um, who is this, um, she's basically like, um, Vince, what's the name of the, I can't, I'm, excuse me, the name of the, the Indian, uh, mythology, uh, woman who has the, mul- the arms, the multiple arms and, uh, the swords, you know what I'm talking about? The, uh, uh not, oh, not, not, it's, it's not Kali, is it? Yeah, Kali, that's something I'm right. She's like Kali. She's a, a, she's a villainess that's based off that. And she has been in hiding, I guess, or, or in exile. So when the when Ironhead dies, she comes back to start causing havoc. And let's just say that it's it's over the course of this, you learn that not everyone was as good or bad as one was led to believe. The heroes necessarily weren't heroes. The villains weren't necessarily villains. And uh, Black Hand and Ironhead are learning all this as they also are coming to terms with each other's existence, their relationship as sisters their relationship to their father, uh, learning the truth about the people around them and, and, and the people that were worshipped as heroes all these years. Um, and it lasted five issues, and it's about 150 pages. Uh, and, yeah, it was great. I mean, there, it's a pretty light story, meaning I don't think they break a ton of new ground in any of this. Um, I don't think David Lopez had me had me jaw on the floor thinking, oh, I've, I've never seen that in a superhero story before. But I think, like with a lot of comics, it's the... The trick is, can you tell me a good-looking, well-paced, engaging story using tropes that we're already familiar with? And the answer to that's a resounding yes. I think he did a great job. I I was very familiar with David's art from his Marvel runs, particularly Captain Marvel. But this is a bit different, which I was glad to see. Um, much like Wes Craig's stuff when he does the, his own creator-owned work as a writer is different than what you see in Deadly Class. This Black Hand and Ironhead's much cartoonier, uh, much, much... Uh, like strong black outlines of all the characters, but a much simpler, rounder line, a little more cartoony, a little freer. It reminded me a little bit of Riley Rossmo in places, which obviously is a compliment. Um, there's a watercolor aspect, and I, I don't, I didn't write that colorist name down. I should have, but an amazing job. I don't know if it was digital watercoloring and actual watercoloring, but there's a nice watercolor element to it that reminded me of Tyler Crook's stuff that you've been seeing the last few years. Oh, yeah. So I really, really enjoyed the cartooning quite a bit. Um, Really expressive faces, uh, and I loved that the protagonists were out of model, right? They weren't, it wasn't like, oh, super hot white girl daughter, super hot black girl daughter in these skimpy costumes. It was two women that are, you know, not on model for what you'd expect from a super superheroines, and I'm sure that was his point, um, and I thought it was terrific. I think it's a it's an all ages book. It's labeled all ages. Uh, it's not overtly violent or sexual in any way. Um, I think it's a great book for teens or especially young 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 girls or women that you want to get exposed to comics. I think this would be perfect for that. Like we always get those questions. So, you know, what should I have my girlfriend read? Have her read this. This is great. It's it's body image positive forward. It's ident it's identity forward. It's inclusive forward. Like it's very much a book of the moment, well executed. So. Two big thumbs up for it. And the nice thing about all these panel syndicate books is if you don't feel like going and ordering the image hardcover, which was twenty four ninety nine cover, so I think it's probably, what, 15 16 bucks at in stock maybe. But if you don't feel like getting the book book, you can go right now to panelsyndicate.com and check out the issues. And you can pay whatever you feel like. You can download them for free if you want. As I'm sure many people do, or you can you can throw down a few bucks what you feel like you'd pay for a regular issue or whatever. But you can check it out without having to commit financially um, if you don't want to. So 
Definitely worth checking out, though. It says here the trim size is 6.3 by 9.84. Okay, so 6 by 10 wasn't far off. There you go. Nope, not at all. Cool. I remember um, when we got the... Because uh, I wasn't, I didn't read it from Panel Syndicate. I, I, I obviously missed it. I grabbed the um, the PDF when, when we got the uh, reviews from image that week and i started flipping through it and i i really liked what i saw then I, I forget what else was coming out that week or what we were planning on talking about so i had to pause it but mm-hmm. it's still on the ipad i i want to get back to it. Oh. it 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 does look really neat I, I i thought lopez was looking sharp on it yeah the hardcover just came out maybe i want to say november or december because it's been sitting mm-hmm. on my little stack of 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 most recent regime like stuff that i have over here that i want to read for the show asap before it gets stale and that so it had to be just in the last few months that it came it, it i think it, it probably was a um a victim of the uh covid delays because the day i believe it was in the april previews yeah that makes sense yeah it was one of those books that i i, I guess happened a lot in the past year where you open up your box and you're like oh I forgot. Yeah. oh i ordered this yeah, yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. nice sounds good you Why don't you this? tell me something that sounds good? Oh, I got something that sounds great, I hope, to your ears. Anyway, oh. yeah. Um, back in the early days of YouTube, do you remember there was a video? It was a goofy video of a guy just geeking out over a double rainbow. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness, it's a double rainbow. It's so beautiful. And the guy was so genuinely affected by this display of nature you could hear the awe in his voice you can hear the joy in the way he was describing it it was a silly video but it made a lot of people happy right it it was it was almost uh uh it alleviated the 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 burden and the uh the the drudgery of your day just watching that stinking video right i have what i think is the comic book equivalent it's a tonic for our terrible times yep if you were paying attention during the 11 O'Clockers, you'll notice that I gave an award to this lady for my breakout performer of 2020. And this is uh, Laura Netzker. And this is the second volume of her Bug Boys series. This is Bug Boys Outside and Beyond, uh, published by Random House under their RH graphic imprint. And our buddies are back, Rhino B and Stag B. Remember I told you about them many times last year. Um, they're best buddies. They're bugs, right? A rhino beetle and a stag beetle. They're, they're best friends, and they love to experience new things together. They would do anything for each other. The world is this amazing place to them. They learn things constantly. Um but in this book, it's it's an anthology. There, there are many stories in it. Um, as I said, the Dome Spider runs the Village Library, the Bug Village Library, right? And Dome Spider asks Dragonfly. She's like, yeah, I, you know what? There's a, a collection of plants in the library that Dome Spider uh, maintains. And she needed a very special fungus, for the collection. So she says to, to Dragonfly, do me a favor, go get this this fungus. It's out there. Here, I'll give you, you know, it's 
X marks the spot, right? You go get it. But you you can't fly to get it. You have to walk. And Dragonfly's like, okay, I'll go. All right, whatever Dome Spider wants me to go get this, I'll go get it. But on the way to the fungus, because Dragonfly is used to flying, experiencing the world from a top-down perspective, they walk through the forest experiencing it in a totally different way. It's a different perspective on the same old surroundings. It's psychogeography at work, right? This character is used to seeing things from above. Now it sees things from below, and it's like a totally new way. It's awesome. Um, there's a, a story called Big Magic in Bug Village, where our gang is playing a bug-themed variation of Dungeons & Dragons. And it's called Sorcerer's Web, right? Rhino B is the DM. Dragonfly is a half-spider archer called Sylvia Silverstar. <laughs> Stag B rolls this character. It's a giant tick barbarian with fire powers who just happens to have amnesia. And his name is Zyzax. Uh, they got a buddy named Pillbug who really doesn't have the patience to play. And they just ball up and roll out before the game's even finished. But stuff happens. It, it, the game comes crashing to a halt uh, because rules interpretation, indecision, and stress. And, and so the gang's like, all right, we're done. And, and they go out into the real world to play. But they end up taking the game with them at least in spirit, right? They LARP out in the world. Like, they, they become these characters. Like, uh, Stag B is the alchemist, and they're, they're playing, they're role-playing, but in real life, right? And they're having a great time doing it, you know? Um, much to Dome Spider's bemusement. Um, the boys come face-to-face -face with a mysterious pearl dragon in a story that Netsker plays with the conventions of comics, the stuff that makes comics, she, she plays with it. Uh, Rhino B feels like he's stuck in a little box. He's like, oh, can't you feel it? Can't you? The, the, I feel like I'm being pressed in on all sides, like I'm stuck in a little box. And Stag B just doesn't get it. He's like, oh, okay. Um, and, and later in the, in the strip, Stag B trips and he grabs hold of the corner of the panel. And he's like, yes. I understand now. I get it. I understand what, what, what my buddy was talking about. And, and it goes on for a couple of panels. Like He's like, should I release it? What should I do? I don't understand this. This is so weird. And he's interacting with the very tools by which his creator gives him life. It's, it's a great little strip. Um, I believe I've told you this story a bunch of times. Uh, one of my most profound and, and lasting memories of childhood anyway was when I first went to New York City. I told you the story, right? Mm -hmm. bus, sure. bus trip, the whole nine yards, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was 75, 74, around there. And um, there's a story in this book. It's one of the longer stories. It's called Little Bugs in the Big City. And Dome Spider takes the boys on a trip to Centipede City. And... The, it just, I don't know why, it triggered all of those memories from when I was a kid. Like, they they get to the big city and it's huge and they're looking all around and they see things that is nowhere near 
what they experience in in Bug Village. Like this is giant buildings and all different types of 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 creatures walking around, and they go to this hotel and it's massive, and the 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 uh, the um aisle to the room it looks like it stretches out forever like everything's larger than life to these kids and um the uh there's research that goes on in the library that uh, dome spider does and um uh, stagby helps out with the the research and so there's a a, a convention of some sort where all of these bugs have tables and and uh, Dome Spider sets up a table with little pamphlets from the library back at at Bug Village and at one point she she says to Rhino B you watch the table we got to go to this convent this this talk and it's like being at a comic convention she go, gets up and she talks about her research and uh, because Stag B participated in the research he gets off a little bit like he gets a sense of fulfillment that what he did was actually had some value you know and people clap and stuff and then the they take uh dome spider takes them out to dinner and they've never had this food like this it's crazy that the 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 waiter brings all these different dishes that they've never experienced before and it turns out that centipede city is next to a dumpster mm. it's and it's like the biggest um bug city but because the humans the giants bring their garbage they have food like an abundance all the cast off stuff but the kids don't see anything beyond the city like they don't see the dumpster right they have a perspective of being within this community and it's it's just amazing like it all came rushing back they ride back to the hotel on this giant centipede like a bus you know they're in the 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 quilt bug uh the equivalent of the Port Authority for bugs. It's just amazing, right? And it just made it all come come like flooding back. Um, the boys have a nighttime adventure helping a friendly bat named Wave. Uh, the they were uh, Rhino and Stag were running through the the grass and and um, one of them trips. Rhino B trips over the sting in the grass. He pulls it out and it's like, what is this? It's a ring. I don't get it. I don't understand what this is. Let's go take it back to uh, Dome Spider. Dome Spider will know what it is because Dome Spider's a librarian and she knows everything. So she takes it and she's like, oh, wow, that's a dark relic. I, we have to bring this to, to the bats. And so she brokers this meeting between the bugs and the bat and this bat comes down and it's at night too the bat comes down and he's like oh this is so cool you know what this is this is an earring but it should be a pair so let's go we'll have a little adventure we'll go find the other earring and it'll be cool and they're like well how we can find the other earring it could be anywhere and he's like no 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 there's a, a a resonance to these uh, this pair that when whenever one of the earrings is in proximity with the other, it starts to vibrate and ring. So we can find it pretty easy, and they do right. And they have this nocturnal adventure that shows them the world in a different way than they're used to. Like because they they're not stag and rhino beetles aren't nocturnal, right? At least not in this book. So the majority of their experiences happens during the day. So to have this adventure at night with a bat of all things, it's like amazing. And I just, I have nothing but absolute respect for for Laura Netzger in this this series because it's so uh, 
full-hearted. It's just, it's the joy of these two buddies being together, experiencing the world, learning things. Like at one point, um, uh, uh, Stag B is sad because Rhino B researched all this camping stuff and he knows how to not go near certain plants or stay away from that kind of thing because you can get, uh, you know, irritated or here's how we set a fire and, and Stag doesn't know how to do it. And he's crying and he's like, well, you know so much more than me. Like we're not, we're not equal anymore. And there's like this tender moment between these two freaking bugs. It's, it blows my mind. The, the drawing is, is very super flat, uh, very thin line, very, um, uh, I think it's amazing, but it's not detailed, right? It, it's, it's a very heartfelt rendition of these characters. Like when they, when they get surprised or when they get angry, like it's, it's very emotional. It's a very minimal, minimalistic style, but it's great. It's beautiful. And, and I love every page of it. If you want to be happy, if, if the world is bothering you and you just want a little heartfelt joy of two characters sharing their lives together, you need to check out Bug Boys. Uh, it's a hardcover. 200 and... Oh, geez. It's at least 260 pages. Both of them. And they retail for thirteen ninety nine. I was going to say, they're stupid cheap, dude. They're very cheap, yes. And uh, so it's Random House. It's a beautiful package. Full color. Great paper. I, I have nothing but love for Laura Netzker and Bug Boys. Yeah, yeah. No, this looks real, real good. I mean, I know you talked about the last, but this uh, I'm seeing some of the preview pages for this volume. It looks awesome. Yeah, it's it looks definitely. It's amazing. Something it, I would enjoy. Aren't for they sure. in this one's previews also? Is there, or am I thinking of something else? No, unfortunately, Bug Boys three is not going to come out till 2023. Damn so it. maybe they resolicited them. I don't know, but uh, this Bug Boys Outside and Beyond was two months ago in previews, maybe. I don't know. I saw it. I ordered it. I didn't. I didn't question it because after discount, it's like ridiculous what you're getting this book for, right? Hardcover, beautiful pr- presentation for less than like ten bucks. Yeah. Damn. Yep. It's amazing. Check it out. I will. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, I think you'd like it because you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Young no, girl was, finding her feelings. You know, it's the same. No, so, <laughs> it was. Um, uh, it was. It was. Uh, no bra. Stick until days. Volume three. Volumes. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, sir. Volume three of that. Been waiting for that for That's a what I was thinking about. Talk to us. Uh, I did some catching up on some toitles. Um oh, Look at you. I read one oh nine through last week's 114 or well, whatever it came out but um, the la- latest two issues 113 and 114 uh, Sophie is back writing and drawing uh, she's she's been writing since 101 uh, with some um, other folks taking care of some art like uh, Jody Nashimi um, and there was, I forget the uh, person's name who did the art before, but um, the art 
in 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 the most recent two issues is just jaw dropping. It's 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 fabulous. I mean, it's been it's been a fun ride. Um, you know, Vince has been with it from from jump. I came back to the turtles late, but seeing the uh, seeing the brothers putting um, making the best of a pretty crappy situation uh, regarding mutant town. Um, Baxter Stockman is definitely up to something, but he's not. You know, we don't necess- we don't get bogged down with whatever he's thinking about uh, in every issue. He's just he's he's it's it, it, it's like back in the day when you know you knew Doctor Doom was somewhere, but he didn't have to be in every issue to know that he's a threat. And when he eventually comes back, it, he's going to mean business. So so Stockman, who's mayor, he's just he's doing his thing. So. The turtles are just trying to um, keep keep the peace. Uh, you know, Hob is working with. Uh, well, he's he's trying to make things the way he wants them to be. It's 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 not. It, it's really just not a uh, the best scenario for everybody so so everybody's just 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 doing what they can as as now that they're mutants and uh there are some really heartfelt and interesting conversations that uh the turtles not necessarily have with each other but that they'll have with um you know um donatello will talk to mona lisa and uh you know he explains to her that you know where it's like a lot of the people in mutant town were humans that they turned into upright animals. Whereas, you know, and, and Lisa Mona thought, you know, that's what the turtles were as well. And, and Donnie's like, no, um, we're, we're turtles. We're just, you know, we, you know, we, we, we act and function like we're adults, but, uh, but no, we, we, you know, and he, he tells, you know, be our father, Alapex, uh, that we we were all animals initially, so um, there's there's a little bit of drama and tension as 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 things go on because there's there's a support group, and you know Jenny of course was a human, and yeah, so even though you look like me or you're in the same predicament as me, you're in the same situation because we're all animals now. Uh, how you got here is different. So you really don't make, you don't necessarily know my struggle. And there's, it's, it's a lot heavier than it can be on the surface. You, you're just reading a turtles book, but no, there's, it, it's deep here. It's like when Jason and I were talking about far sector and, and it's like, oh, I don't need politics in my books, but well, the Sophie's given us politics in, in turtles right now is also. So um, there's, it's, it's not, and, and again, the turtles are just trying to make the best of, of the situation. So there are some lighthearted moments. There are some moments where uh, you can catch your breath and you understand that, you know, if Mikey wants to start a pirate radio because he wants people to know that, you know, we're all alone together, basically, um, you know, the, the Nets is going to do and, and, and try to make things a little better. But it's... Um, I, I, I'm not going to go issue by issue or, or, or go through the arcs, but um, it's still, even though this has been going on since issue 101, um, and and we're up to 114, it hasn't 
it, it, it doesn't feel like anything's being dragged out or, 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 or drawn out. And, and, you know, we're not, we're just kind of treading water. It, it, there's still, we're still moving forward. It's still, um, the way Sophie is, is telling this tale is, um, it is, it's, I'm glad I'm getting this book at the shop because when it does come out on Wednesday, I, I, I say that even though I just got done catching up on a bunch of issues, but, and, and now that I have, I'm going to stay on top of it because I don't, I don't want it, it's as much fun as it was reading this chunk of issues. I don't, um, I, I feel like I need to read this when it comes out. It It's especially when Sophie's drawing it. I, I can't get over how great these pages are, but, um, there's a little bit of a time travel situation happening in, in some recent issues. And um, I don't necessarily think it's going, it, it ties into last Ronin or anything, but it's, I'm, I'm a sucker for, you know, days of future past kind of situations. And, uh, and when this character comes from the future to everybody's present, um, yeah, when, she explains what the future holds. It's, it's one of those things where I just, you know, your, your mind starts going cause you're, you're trying to figure out how, you know, how does, how does this turtle end up walking away from everything? How does this turtle end up becoming, uh, you know, a, a cyborg or something like that? It's just, I, I, it, it seems to be, um, amping up a little bit. We're not just going to be dealing with, dudes at a support group or people coming to terms with their new abilities now that they're animals. Um, but you throw any sort of, uh, time travel situation in it, then, uh, you really, you really have my attention, but turtles is still, since, since I've been reading it, it's, it's been a blast. And, and, um, I, I hope we can talk to Sophie soon and, and just, because I have questions, and and I just I, I love, I'm I'm just in love with the way and 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 Bebop and Rocksteady show up, and the way she draws them is absolutely I I'm in love with the way she draws these two characters. It's absolutely fantastic. But um, no, Turtles is still it's 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 been really really strong, really solid. Um, and each issue just seems to keep getting better. The last two issues blew me away. Um, but yeah, just just seeing the way everybody's trying to to come to terms with with what they're going through, and um, they they they're honest to God, actual real life human conversations people would have with one another, and, and even though they're coming out of a a turtle's or a pig's or, or, or a rhino's mouth. It doesn't, it, it doesn't negate the fact that, you know, people could actually do actually feel like this or, you know, feel like they're in these situations that uh, are out of their control. And that, and that's something else that comes up in the support group. It's that, you know, Hob chose this for everybody. He decided to do this to the people in the city. And, you know, they didn't have a choice. And some people are like, well, listen, you know, I, my life's never been better. I, I have a purpose now. I'm, I'm clean and sober. I'm doing well. It's like, okay, that's great. You did. And it worked out for you, but you know, I can't, my family wants something to do with me because, you know, I look like a parakeet and it's, 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 there's it, it, there are, 
and people actually have conversations where you see both sides and, and and Sophie isn't writing a story so that one side is elevated or uh is meant to look superior it's it's you know both both arguments have merit they're they're both valid and 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 you know more people need to come to an agreement more people need to talk with each other and listen instead of just talking over or or you know you can hear me but you're not listening kind of things and and she's actually showing you how um how a back and forth it, it can work and and be beneficial the turtles is absolutely one of the best books on the stands right now i can't wait for vince to catch up i was gonna say vince isn't echoing your sentiment which is unusual no because he gets his in his box so mm. he's not he's not uh yeah i'm a, i'm about four or five issues behind yeah okay so yeah, we're in the same boat more or less I don't know where the politics comes into it, though. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not going to get into anything that um, might. Nah, it's not going to spoil anything, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's more it. It's more current affairs, the 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 current state of things, um, and there may be an election, but it's it's mm. one of those things where um, you know it, it's it's just it's it's more real world than you know, turtles that were mutated by some alien ooze. It's it's so it's oh yeah, it's been like that since she started it. And right, I right, think right, it right. was brilliant to have a trans woman write a story about characters that have. A new physical physicality imprinted on them without their cons- without their consent. There's, you have a woman who was once, you know, a, a, a woman, and now she's a flamingo, right? And yep. she's got to deal with it. And I think it's really smart. It was a smart move by uh, IDW to get Sophie to write this. Not only because she's awesome and she's a friggin' phenomenal illustrator, but it adds m- m- more depth than just the average, you know, I don't want to say average turtle story, but she's adding more wrinkles to an already robust mythology, I think. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, I'm a little bit let down when Sophie doesn't draw it, but what are you going to do? See, and I was, I was just, and, and this is not, this is not a knock on no. Jody or anybody else. It's, it's, listen, it still works. It still tells the tale. It's fine. But I absolutely when when, and I was just going to say this, but I didn't want to be that guy, but I, I I was seriously sitting here thinking that this reminds me of back in the day when I'd get Power Pack and you know June Brigman would take a month off or the Avengers and John Bushima didn't draw the name. It, it's like it's like okay cool. It's it's it it. I don't feel like that with pretty much any other comic. I'll read any other comic and it's like oh, okay so. Um, you know, Dowderman isn't drawing this issue of Thor. This is fine. This is still complimentary. Whatever, but. I, I honestly felt like I did back when I was younger in in the eighties reading comics, and it's like, oh, that person's not drawing it. Okay, yeah, yeah. She owns the book. I think it's definitely hers. Yeah, uh, and 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 I like the way that it's it's diverted from the action kung fu, um, you know, uh, cinema type of the Wachter era, and now it's more 
with her coming on board, it's it's a there there are more. Um, it's an onion, right? Like, yeah. Like Shrek, it's an onion. Uh, there's way more uh, things on which to chew because she she's lived it. She knows it, and she. The, the, I'm sure these conversations and these these choices have come up uh, many many times in her life. So, yeah, uh, write what you know, and it uh, the credibility is there on every page. No doubt. Yep. And it's got action to spare. So it's not just it's not just characters, you know, talking, sitting around talking about woe is me or or I used to be a, a man and now I'm a bunny. Like that's not the whole book. There there are there is martial arts action, there's sci fi, there's time travel. So mm-hmm. it I mean you get everything you always got with the turtles, but it, I think that it's a richer, more robust narrative now. Uh because it's it's multi tiered. Yeah. Yep. What else do we have, Jason? I mean, is there really a TMNT flamingo? Well, I was being facetious, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, okay, because I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Well, no, when Old Hob dropped a mutagen bomb and they created Mutant City, there a lot of people became mute, mutant it, animals. Yeah. yeah, I would guess that there's a flamingo. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if anything's jumped out at me regarding a flamingo, but. Got a I porcupine, see one. beautiful porcupine, right? We got a pig. It, there's many different characters. Love them. Yeah, the sharks. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is a flamingo. I'm looking right at it. Yep, it's at the I'm club. Bing. It's at the kind of club. Yeah, look at that. That's, that's what's up. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, Jason, you should get it in the the IDW. Oh the yeah. Collections where they give you like 12, 15, 18 issues at one shot. Mm-hmm. What are they, like, have you put out one of those with her stuff yet, though? Or? Uh, no, no, not yet. No, no. It went soon, soon. They've been kicking them out regularly, but they're like sixty bucks. So yeah, forty nine ninety nine, according to the back page, back panel, back cover. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Retail, see, the, anyway. volume twelve collection came out uh, this past week, February 9th, and that has. That has the Wactor stuff in it. Yeah. So the next one. That probably there. wraps up City at War. I would think. M- makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You guys are consistently singing that book's praises. So It's, it's always a shock having lived through the era when licensed books were garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's always a shock when when something like this happens because you know old habits are hard to break, right? And old mindsets are hard to escape. And if you if we came up thinking, oh geez, here we go, it's a movie tie, and this is not going to be any good at all, mm-hmm. and you know and now it, the opposite is true. It turns out that movie or, uh, licensed books are really good. Look at the Transformers, the Turtles. Um, for from what you said, a lot of the Joe stuff is very good. Like, uh, we live in a crazy mixed up world. How many decades was Sonic good at Archie? Like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So what? What else have you read, Jason? One of the hotter books of this year so far in terms of hype was um, Radiant Black, number one. By image, right? That, yeah, that got a lot yeah. of hype. It was um, 
essentially it's written by Kyle Higgins and with art by Marcelo Costa and Becca Carey. And, and I think it got a lot of hype because Kyle, Kyle has put his, um, his thumbprint on the Power Rangers comic universe. Uh, and as regular listeners know, I, I, I don't have a ton of experience in, in those comics, but what I have read is very good. And, and I know that uh, a lot of Power Rangers fans have been pleased with the, with the work on those books for a while. So I think they think well of Higgins and he was basically putting his own stank on the idea of a, uh, Sentai, uh, character in, in his own image creator own book. So of course that understandably would be something that would be in high demand because if it's his own universe with his own characters, he could do different kinds of things than he would be able to in a, licensed universe where you're beholden to the corporate overlords. Um, so I picked it up and you know, it was, it was, it was okay. And, and I'm, I say it was okay. I'd love to hear from our, our brothers and sisters out there that are bigger devotees of the super Sentai and specifically power Rangers comics. Um, and, and then certainly I, I don't think you've read this yet, but I would be curious to, to get your take on it for the same reason. But and see what you all thought, because um, I'm not sure if my inability to connect with this book in the way I'd hoped is related to my general lack of connection with that whole concept, or if this fell flat on its own merits versus the the broader concept if i'm making any sense um the premise is relatively simple as these stories often are uh protagonist is named nathan burnett he is uh a screenwriter he just had to give up his place in la he's tens of thousands of dollars in credit card uh, in debt in credit card debt has to move back home with his parents in illinois uh, basically turn tail and run from L.A. because he's failed, or he feels like he's failed. Hasn't gone well. Um, so he's back in a small town where he was... He had escaped from, runs into one of his best buds, uh, they go out carousing, and as they're leaving the bar, they see this... It's like an energy beacon or a symbol. It's it's unclear exactly how it's manifesting, but they see it. It, it. it almost looks simultaneously like it's something they can see up in the sky, but also maybe it's right there in front of them. Um, Burnett touches it and turns into the character we see on the front cover of the issue, which is a pretty well, pretty cool designed uh, black and white clad. Uh, Ultraman looking character um, and in fact he's on the cover he's he's wielding like an energy sphere in between his hands and that sphere is in fact a symbol now that I, I just put that made that connection um, and we're often to the races I mean it's, it's basically a debut issue that you would it's it's it felt like by the numbers of an origin story for one of these characters right like touches mysterious artifact is imbued with powers, doesn't know what to do with them. Um, I was hoping that there would be some kind of hook that made it feel different or obvious as to why 
it should exist on its own instead of paying homage to Ultraman, which Marvel's doing now, or Power Rangers, which, as we've said, has been been doing really well for years now at Boom. Um, and it, I, and maybe maybe one issue isn't isn't at all fair enough to just say, okay, one issue is not enough to 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 decide that ultimately. But it, yeah, we live in a in a comics a time in comics where you, you pretty much have like one issue to hook people, right? I mean, I agree. most of the time. Yeah. Yep, and especially if you're trying to hook a broader audience than would already be embedded because they just dig that kind of story in general. So I think I'm that demo in this case. I'm curious about it. I was intrigued by the idea of it being a little different, and I was okay. Like I didn't need it to be darker or more adult or racier or more violent. Although I would be would have been cool with all of those paths, but I did want to come away feeling like it was distinct in some way from the tone of the stories we get in the more traditional Sentai U.S. translations. Right, yeah. And I didn't get that in this first issue. Now, again, it's only one issue. The final page we're introduced to, I'm assuming, his foil, because he's like, oh, I'm the... I forget it was him or his best friend. So you're, you're, you're the only... You're one of a kind. And then, well, <laughs> you can guess it's yeah. probably not. I don't know if those are going to be... If that means that he's going to have protagonists or antagonists or what have you. So it's tough to bury, I don't want to bury the series on one issue, but I just will say that as someone who was hooked by the creative team, the solicit, like the pre, they did their job in previews. They got me to say, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Image. It was one of their gems of the month in previews. Like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a try. This is not in my normal wheelhouse, but it could be real cool. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much out after the one issue. Not, not saying I'll never go back to it, but now I'm at the point where tried it, didn't hook me. Now I need someone like you or Arnie or Julian, like someone that's in the, like to come back to me in six months or a year and say, "Yo, that series is amazing!" Like, wow, he's on such a run. And then I'll go back and and I'll buy a collection and read it and and maybe very much enjoy it. But, but in terms of if it's if it is the job of the first issue to hook readers who are not a stone cold lock to like the concept no matter what i'd say they weren't successful for me speaking for me and that's why i'm curious to hear from others who read it who very much are in the wheelhouse of i love that stuff so it's going to be hard for me not to like this because i just want to get a sense of how far afield my interpretation of it is from its more core audience i made about 10 pages in oh you tried it yeah yeah, I tried it. The, the art too is not your style. No, the art's too Ryan Otley for me. And I was, I was, that's hey, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's real. And you know, again, I got. I feel like we're turning into a Ryan Otley bashing podcast. Suddenly, I, I, I will reiterate what I said when I talked about his Spider-Man run. I loved Ryan Otley on Invincible. I, I, I have no qualms with it at all. Um, but. Uh, yeah, in this case, Marcelo Costa is the artist, and and he does have that vibe. It's it's a very straightforward um, illustration style. It's 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 a simple line, which can be fine, but it's 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 slightly cartoony, but that just doesn't kind of like the storytelling. It just isn't distinct. It feels very. Like if you were to order a book online, how to draw superhero comics. Kind of vanilla. Yeah, it's very vanilla. That's, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's not bad by any stretch, but it's 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 like 
what I would think an artist would look like when they just get to the point where they're competent enough to do a relatively big book, yeah. but they haven't become their own artist yet where you see them and you say, Oh, that's so-and-so that yeah. that's Marcelo Costa. I, I right mean, now, I, I don't want know. to put words into the artist's mouth, but it seems to me that this is a case of an artist not speaking in the voice he wants to, but he's speaking in the visual voice that he thinks the audience wants to see. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, it's very, it, like you said, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Right. It's just, it doesn't have that, that spark or that, that idiosyncratic visual thing that makes me know, like I have way more faith in 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 like say Daniel Warren Johnson to do something like this. Well, okay, sure. Right, where where Unfair, it, or ja- right or James Heron to do it where mm-hmm. it's you you get style a very very particular idiosyncratic style along with the subject matter like this to me like it could be, could have been done by anybody you know anybody could have drew, have drawn this. Right, and I, we're going to get that mega, right? We're going to get yeah, James Heron doing yeah. this, and I'm it's going to be jaw dropping. Right. I'm going to get. I mean, we haven't seen it. But I suspect it's going to be jaw dropping. Right. I just think that, I mean, and I don't know this artist from Adam, but it just seems like he's very competent, but afraid to push the boundaries of what he does. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's just not my style. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, looking at, at what he's done uh, on Comicsology, he was, I guess, a fill-in artist on the aforementioned Mighty Morphin Power Rangers run, so that's probably where Kyle knows him from. Yep. Um, he did some uh, Action Lab stuff, hmm. like Danger Doll Squad. Yeah, don't uh, be, don't be poo-pooing uh, that. No. That was fun. Uh, uh. Did Ginger Dead Man? Okay, that's uh, a grim. That's, <laughs> Ginger Dead Man is. A <laughs> it's a full moon book. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yes. Tales, of Terror. Yeah. Char- uh, Charles Zom- Band is like Zombie pumping Tramp. his fits somewhere. He did Zombie Tramp. He did Vamp Blade. So yeah. So I mean, he does have the ability to let loose. I guess. Oh, okay. Not the interpretation I was going for, but yeah. <laughs> it's I, it, it's it's um. It's weird because I'm looking at the art and I'm thinking, and I'm looking for the Skybound logo but but that, that that's it, it's not it's it's it seems to be a, an image proper book but um and mom's hands are really small but i did i mean i i wanted to yeah like vince i'm i only got a few pages in i wanted to um i was optimistic you both you both stopped mid-course but i mean i flipped through the rest I, I stopped reading it and, okay. I, and and but but yeah no i'm saying but but it's because then all of a sudden because once once we get to, once it starts to turn into Darkhawk, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm not. That, that's not a decent enough hook for me. I, I get that, you know, Higgins is, is known especially with with, with the Power Rangers crowd, um, but, uh, you know, and 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 because of, for and and even even Tony Fleece was bringing this up because you know that it's his boy, so you know, I, the, all of these things were in its favor for me to want to. No expectations, but I was I was I was looking forward to it. I figured, what the heck? Um, but uh, again, when 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 the image previews hit for us, and and it was one of the ones I, I loaded up. I was, um, I mean, the last page was cool. Like I I I'm kind of I dig the whole 
analog thing, the, mm-hmm. the, the equal evils and things like that. I, I'm, but, um, and you know, right, right, right now it's just a whole he's robbing a bank, but, um, and Higgins I, is the writer of the, the Ultraman series. Marvel, he is. Yeah. So low as we weren't moving right on either. So I guess maybe I should have known better, but, um, but you know, th- this, this is his baby. And, and maybe it's one of those things where, um, it will, it's, you know, I'm I'm not saying it's the Immortal Hulk all over again, but yeah, in a few issues, maybe you know when the first arc is done, once once the the, the initial story is out of the way, um, maybe uh, I'll check it out. But I I had high hopes, and and I mean we all loved Cow, which was Higgins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was it? Wow. Yeah, Higgins and Rob Rice. And yeah, no, and, and but I think someone else co-wrote. It. But yes, yes, yes. You're right. When when somebody parlays in the sentai or the the kaiju uh genre i guess i expect the page to barely contain the art right i expect it to be big yeah and bombastic and and just i I want a bunch of double page spreads i don't care if it takes 12 issues to tell the story if if you're talking kaiju and sentai they should be it should be big it should be tremendously big and and panel shattering and the they should pull from the that 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 well-used bag of of tricks with the the kirby hand coming at you and you know legs just is is there anything more boring than like standing in the middle of a street yeah right and and touching the icon right like like in terms of just choice of layout where he's just a character standing in plain clothes in the middle of a street like a regular guy, and then he touches oh, it. it it's could just, be worse. You could have a. You could have a. You could be taking a piss in an alley, and some little alien gives you a ring. I knew you were going to go there. Yeah, but even that, at least there's context. Right. <laughs> no, I mean that's at least a different. I mean, I'm not saying it's. Yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely you know. different. But they're tall tales. They should be delineated as such, right? Make them gigantic. Yeah, like, I don't know. If you, I don't know if you guys saw the Power Rangers movie from a few years ago. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. I don't like the Megazord, but it wasn't horrible. Agreed. But like, I'm reminded of the when the kids get the the the, jet, the keys or whatever they are. The 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 I don't know what you call them, but the the things that turn them into the Power Rangers. Right, right. Um, you know that was exciting. Like they were a bunch of kids in a small town. So what do you do? You go to places where you can drink beer. So they go to this this quarry, right? But like the they almost they almost die because it's hard to get to there's visually it was it was interesting it was it was it was exciting and 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 uh, it made them it made it feel like a treasure hunt kind of like goonies like they they right. like found oh. treasure you know goonies Are you busted on goonies hey, yeah not not a fan wait wait pardon you know oh, i'm not a fan of that movie i didn't know that come that, on uh, i've said smart. it many times have you? Oh, I guess I black it out every time. Yeah. Um, point being, the idea of this treasure hunt or something exciting where there's consequence and you've almost stumbled upon something you really shouldn't be in possession of. Right. In this case, it's like the guy literally walked out of the bar and it's just standing in the face and you think like, well, good thing for him. He was the last guy in the bar because there's nobody else in the street apparently that noticed this thing. And, and, and Well, I'm not going to say Chicago, but yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of people in the bar. He and his boy were talking at. But not a street. Yeah, thing. no. I well, know. they were all waiting for that bucket pizza, right? Who doesn't love those on your buckets? Oh shit, dude! One yeah. time when I was living in Hoboken back in the day, after we went to a bar hop and we went and got pizza, and I was so hammered, and I, 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 my delicious piece of pizza that I was so ready to eat was one of those oversized joints, mm-hmm. fell onto the street, 
Oh, oh. oh shit! I would have done that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, that's not even a thing. Yeah, I would have. Shit. I have something. What you got? I have a couple more books in the uh, dynamite current fish out of water trend. I guess I'm going to call it that. I'm going to I'm going to coin that term, that phrase. Uh, both of them focusing on Red Sonia. What the hell you say? Everybody loves Red Sonia, right? I would hope. Yes, of course. The, the first one is Red Sonia, the Superpowers, number one. Written by Dan Abnett, with art by Jonathan Lau, and color by Andrew Dalhouse. A lot of familiar names on this. Yeah. 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 Uh, in a nutshell, real simple, is Sonia is commissioned by the Queen of Corinthia, and she's anointed with this witch mark on her forehead to aid her in her quest. Uh, the Queen of Corinthia wants her to bring down one Scarab Nor, who is, I quote, the most foul scourge that has ever fallen upon this land. And he's a stinking magic user to boot. Uh, during Sonia's quest, uh, she has her fill of magic. She gets really pissed off, and she, she flings insults to the heavens. She, I fucking hate you, magic user. You, you, you scarab nor, you big pansy ass pussy. Yeah, yeah, blah. You can't do anything to me. Blah, 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 blah. And the, 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 the sky opens up. It's a light with crazy color. Lightning crashes. Blah, blah, blah. She's walking and she finds herself in another place. Like, what the hell's going on? And she, she sees these people. And they look really strange to her. She's, they're not dressed in the traditional um, garb of, of the things to which uh, Sonia's accustomed. They're, they're very strange looking. That's because they're not of her time. Or are they of her world? The, uh, the first is Drew Bryant, a.k.a. Captain Future, who first appeared in Startling Comics number 1 from June 1940, out of Nidor Comics. You have Chick Carter, the sword, who first appeared in Smash Comics number one, August 1939. Uh, a young lady called Vanna, whose uh, origin appeared in Dell's Popular Comics number 46 from December 1939. And this one guy, I can't figure out where he's from. I did a bunch of searches and came up with nothing. His name is Daniel Darton. And he's known as Mr. Raven. He has a genius-level intellect. But when they introduce these characters, they also tell you where they're from. Like Captain Future is from Plural World 0135. The Sword is from Plural World 8130. So it's the same mechanism going on in um, Vampirella, the Dark Powers book, but applied to Red Sonia. And um, they... Fisticuffs ensue, and Sonya gets pissed off because she can't understand them. They can't understand her. Stuff goes down. People get cut, and it's continued next issue. Uh, it's a nice setup issue. Sonya Versal is the second book, which is written by Christopher Hastings with art by Pascal Quilando and Jordi Perez with art by uh, color art by Kike J. Diaz. This book kind of owes a tip of the hat to Grant Morrison's stuff at DC because there's a lot of multiversity going on here. You have, mm. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. Your mileage may vary. You have a bunch of different Sonyas. There's a, a purple Sonya who has a giant mech called Sonya, and it's an acronym, S period, O period, N period, whatever. Um, there's a green Sonya who's a warrior woman with the ability to transform into a dinosaur. There's a James Bond-ish Sonya who deals in guns and gadgets, and they, they call her the she-devil of circuitry. Uh, the real Sonya shows up. She suffered a great loss, and uh, there's this real... I, I guess you could call it funny, but it's kind of, uh, yeah. You're I, again. I don't know how people are going to take this, but there's a a, a man is macking on Sonia, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I heard the rules. I, I know what the rules are." He goes, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot." Uh, apparently, Sonia will sleep with no one she who she can't best in combat. If she can break you in combat, she won't sleep with you. So this guy takes the challenge and he throws down with Sonya because he wants to get her in the sack and he loses miserably. So he's like, well, I guess I'm not getting any, I, you know, whatever. But um, there's a, an organization or, or an, uh, a group entity called the Pantheon, Shades of Incredible Hulk, I guess. The, 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 pan, the Pantheon is pulling strings here and there's this angelic Sonya who uh, has a, a very different weapon, like a staff type, uh, a little bit Zariel type Sonya, and she's manipulating all these other Sonyas against each other, and uh, it looks like open combat with these multiverse Sonyas. Um, the mech is really cool. From the check chest of the mech, there's a, a broadsword mode. That's fun, right? The who doesn't love a big green dinosaur, Sonia? Um, it's it's strange, but it again, it's only the first issue. Um, I'm in for the long haul because I'm a sucker. It's diamond, and I I I have more money than I know what to do with. Obviously, <laughs> so I keep throwing it at stuff like this. I thought it was fun. Um, the the average person comic readers going to read this and be like yeah i don't understand what's so great about this why why would i continue reading this and to them i would say i don't know i don't know why but but if you've bought into the the sonya mythology then yeah this is a book you're going to enjoy as did i is it anything revolutionary maybe not i don't know but i think dynamite has a real keen um finger on the pulse of what their readers want so in order to get more money out of the readers of vampirella let's make this superhero book right it's just a it, it's like a fish out of water of the characters they love why not right so the same thing applies to red sonia let's just try sonia with these super hot power beings oh even one better we'll try a multiverse of sonias and see what happens like i think that's a neat approach that the big two could well the big two have been not dc so much marvel has been beaten down this kind of approach with like the gwenpool and the gwenum and all that stuff so yeah marvel knows the the value in milking the shit out of their their IP, but Dynamite's recognizing that they have some characters that people love, so they're really squeezing all the juice that they can get out of them. And I really enjoyed Sony Universal number one. 
and Red Sonia, the superpower is number one. Try them if you're so inclined. Uh, I don't know. I, I This is, you know me. If you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that these are tailor-made for me. So n- no, no shit. I like them. No shit, sure shot. No shit. I just, you know, whatever. Whatever. I gotta what? be... And <laughs> I gotta be me. I gotta be me. Oh, should be anybody else. I know. I look at my my order every month from DCBS, and it's like I give more and more money to Dynamite. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of that fact. These sure. are, these are the books that give me pleasure. That's all that matters. Exactly. It really is right. So, but no. But the old me will be like, eh, you know. Yeah, I'm reading those TNA books from Dynamite again, and and I, I'm giving I, I I'm not giving the writers their their due because Christopher Hastings and Dan Abbott they did good stuff with it. Like these stories are not by the numbers; they're fun. But in the in the at the end of the day, these are really TNA books, right? Aren't they? You can't you can't convince me otherwise. That well, not. there's absolutely an element to it, but. That doesn't mean that's all they are. But that's what brings you to... No, exactly. But that's what brings you to the table. Like, a, a main character who wears a chainmail bikini, there's a certain mindset that's going to enjoy that, and there's a certain mindset that's not, right? I'm in the former. Mm-hmm. I like it. You is who you is. Mm-hmm. I blame Frank Thorne. Yep. Of course you do. For for turning me all those many years Take ago. No responsibility in your own actions. Oh hell no. It's all Frank Thorne. <laughs> yep. Oh man. The it's 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 weird talking about this book because I'm always going to be uh a month behind because issue seven of Firepower was in my last box. Number eight I think came out last week. So mm-hmm. um I won't be able to be timely and talk on that, but basically, uh, real quick, it's and and this is what I I love. Um, th- that's why you got to be like Jason and read the back matter. So when <laughs> Kirkman and Somni are having a conversation about one of the pages, um, Chris says, "I think page four has the most white out of any page I've done, and it's such a simple page, but." Man, I just couldn't get it right. You could turn page sideways and cast a shadow and see what Bill's supposed to look like. I cracked my ass up. Uh, it looks fine in the scan, but the original is just a hot mess. So then Kirkman starts talking about him, his his love of OA, and um, and Kirkman's like, "So we're talking about do layers over? Are you redrawing it, or are you like, are you taking the, are you scraping the image away?" And and Somni says that. Um, he he uh he doesn't like using whiteout if it, he'll he'll he'd rather scratch it off with a razor or cut off a layer because it's he uses like the plies and the bristle he uses but um he kirkman mentions the dark knight returns gallery edition that fantagraphics put uh that graffiti put out years ago and you can see or miller redrew things over jansen or just completely white stuff out just correction tape all over the place and um and you know then he says that i probably just sold another bunch of books for graffiti and somebody says with the they can talk about my artist edition of, of uh my daredevil run so they can sell that but the art 
what when I was reading that little exchange, I did go back and I'm I'm looking at the pages and and um, there isn't as much action in this issue. So uh, there are a lot more family moments and uh, people talking, but the art is um, there are scenes, especially sitting around a table. Um, the faces seem to look a little. And it's not bad by any stretch. A, a little looser than than they were, like especially in the original, the, the Prelude graphic novel. Um, things were a little tighter, and that just could be because of the Somni setting up the kind of the tone of, of this particular issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was on my classes for a reason. It's it's um, that Kirkman does his usual Kirkman thing with the last page cliffhanger. Uh, so it's I, I finish an issue and I immediately want the uh the next one um but yeah i i uh i can't say enough about that is a great double page spread uh as the um the antagonists from the past couple of issues are flying back home to the temple um and the way they're positioned in the plane and and just not thrilled to be going home because basically they they failed in their mission um i just i'm really enjoying firepower it, it's uh i i like i kind of it's weird because it's such a action style book um but i do i feel good when i finish it it's it's i mean i'm always happy to see chris's art in a book but um even even just the it's not it's not lighthearted like Daredevil was, um, but I think they. Uh, I'm I'm happy to say that that these two creators work really well together. Um, I'm just really. It 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 bums me out that it feels like the issues are so short because then it ends and 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 I mean it's cool because then I got some letters pages and some and a writer artist exchange to read, but um, I. I don't fly through the issue, but when it's over, I, I um, I'm a little bummed. But yeah, no, I, I like I said, it, it was my classics for a reason. If you uh, if you got the prelude, if you got the first trade of uh, collecting the first issues of the series, I hope you're enjoying it. I um I, I definitely recommend it. This uh, this issue has me wishing I, I, I didn't have to wait for my box to get the eighth. Is there any mention in that? Uh, text piece why Dickman's given one of the best artists in the business a page rate <laughs> I'm not going to let it go uh, dude there's no reason why you should you should not I'm and, not letting it go we don't Jason and I bring it up and we can too but um, it's, it's shitty I, I mean I, yeah I don't I think there's a gun to Chris's head to where he's like oh man I gotta work on this but like seriously I wonder if it's different on because okay so so if if you're um, what the hell's a uh, the the the, the Kyrie Randolph book from from last year? If, if so, so that's under Skybound. But Kirkman didn't write that. Someone else, it was another creative. Sure. Um, it was, a, it was a person's name, right? The, uh, um, Kyrie Excellence, but I don't know if that was Skybound. But oh. I do know Kyrie did work on a Kirkman property. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't get it. Like Somni's, I'm just I'm wondering if this if it's a different situation because this is this is a Kirkman and Somni book. So I don't I doubt I don't think Kirkman's giving his co-creator 
a patriot. I think they would own this, whereas anything else that Kirkman doesn't write that Skybound is putting out. And then why is it published under Skybound then? Isn't the whole well, Skybound whole, right? Isn't the whole no, Skybound no, mechanic that the artist gets a page rate and Kirkman no, owns everything? No, no, no. Well, no, no. Skybound is Kirkman's company. Yeah, and a lot of the books they do have a traditional comics publication model. Right. But I mean, and I and I honestly don't know whether I don't know the model for for this book, but I do know that everywhere since it's been debuted, they are. They are both cited as co-creators. Good. Let's get Chris on and let's get to the. And the, that to does the generally but. convey that, regardless of whether somebody's getting a draw on a page rate, which I'm sure he probably isn't, but I, but I, I, it doesn't certainly conveys that they would have substantive economics if it ever becomes something well, else. One would hope. Yeah. Yes. But uh, we can't say for certain. No, we cannot. I won't bring it up again. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this. Episode. It's a good-looking book. Yeah, I mean, I I can't. It, it's it's um, I really do. Even like, even just the chill moments where where you know the son and the daughter is asking mom and dad like, yo, what what the hell's going on? And and they're just you know hands on shoulders and dad uh. Or, kid's grandpa cracking jokes i mean he he does have he's he's got he's got some that level sense of a fucking reading a room it's it he he's he's awkward af and um <laughs> he uh it's it's um i again even just the real we're going to talk this out like a family thing where where you know not no one's jumping around rooftops or 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 uh getting kicked in the face um and I, all the characters, even even like the, the there was one, um, the, the wife, the mom, her uh, she she she's a police officer. Her partner, you would think, would just be some, um, not throwaway character, but just like not somebody like like just the guy you would see every once in a while when when she's sitting in the patrol car. But he's actually got a a pretty important role so so even like the little things like the reveals or or um just the way things play out it's done really well but but the way the way chris captures all of these i i really like the way chris lays out a page i mean it's it's i don't he's not he's he's not a bad artist by any stretch i i, I never finish a, a chris but even a capote in kansas things like that things that, like i wouldn't have any I wouldn't care really about the subject matter, except that Andy Parks wrote this book. Chris Omni drew this book. Um, but it doesn't matter what Chris draws. I'm, I'm, I'm going just, just say hey, Joan is in my pull list. It's, it's one of those things where, and, but I love, I, I love Chris and Laura as people also, but um, yeah, Chris, Chris is absolutely, I'm glad this exists because, you know, now this gives Chris a chance of being in my classrooms, maybe twice for 2021. You gonna charge them double or just? We'll see. No. We'll see. We'll we'll work it out. <laughs> All right, everybody, let's bring this baby home. What say you? Yes. Do it. All right. Thank you so very much from uh, to our patrons for sponsoring this because they're the ones each and every month 
They lift everybody up. They are the gateway to you, the listener, getting Still the ones getting extra episodes and all that other good stuff. If you'd like to see what's going on with the patrons, go to patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics one one no apostrophe. And there's a there's just a ton of stuff perking. It's hopping. There's a Slack channel. Everybody gets treated like family because they are. Okay. In your travels. I read um from PS Art Books. And if you know PS Art Books, you know that there's a Roy Thomas connection. I've talked about them a whole bunch before. This is uh, a one volume encapsulation. I, I I believe that this is all six issues uh this this comic reached. And it's Amazing Adventures, one to six, from PS Art Books. You have, among others, Ogden Whitney, Alex Schomburg, Norm Saunders, Wally Wood, Murphy Anderson, and Bernie Krigstein. Shut, shut up, right? What more do you need? But um, I'm going to put the covers to these issues in the gallery for this episode. If you go to 11oClockComics.com, click on the thread um that uh with the number of this episode you'll be able to see all these covers dap would love amazing adventures because the cover image actually happened actually occurred within the stories contained in the comic what yes it's crazy i know but the <laughs> the and, and it's not just okay this is a loose interpretation of what goes on in the stories these covers are almost well in the first in the case of the first issue um which the cover was drawn by or painted by robert gibson jones it's amazing it's an amazing amazing cover it's uh from a story the asteroid witch this panel verbatim appears within the comic it's just that nor uh, robert gibson jones painted it but it's very close to what Murphy Anderson drew within the story. And I'm going to tell you about the asteroid witch. Um, you got a dude named Vince Darrow. He's got a, a good first name. Uh, and he's an interplanetary space pilot. Right? He's got this swinging bachelor pad on Mars and a girlfriend. Her name is Kit E. That's K-I-T dash E. That's her name. Kit E. Uh Kitty loves Vince. Oh, my God. He's everything to her. And if he leaves, she'll kill herself. And he's like, get out of my way, you Martian tramp. Just go. I, I'm going to go out and have a drink. And while he's making his way to the bar, Kitty flings herself from the window and kills herself. She can't live without the dude. And he's like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just going to keep going to the bar. So he goes to the bar. And what does he order? A rockatini. <laughs> his drink is a rockatini. He's like, "Yes, bartender, make mine a rockatini." And he's listening around, and he's just he's just tired of these milk toast women who just throw themselves at dude. He wants a tough, no holds barred, strong lady. He wants a challenge. Vince Darrow does, and he's listening. And there's these guys, and they're talking about the asteroid witch. Well, this this one pilot was out doing what he does and he hears a woman's voice out in space and he looks out the window the viewport and it's like oh my god the most beautiful face he ever saw 
is in the viewport and he follows her. Just so happens, um, it was like an asteroid or a meteor thing coming by and he hits his head and he got knocked out and she couldn't use her, her feminine wiles on him. So Vince is like, whoa, this asteroid, which sounds exactly like what I want. So he goes out into space and encounters the asteroid witch. And I'm telling you, the panel that Murphy Anderson draws is very, very close to the... Uh, and it, it, it follows within the next five issues. Like, the, the covers are in in line with what goes on in the actual stories. And I'm like, whew, man, have we strayed. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, the asteroid witch is like, oh, Vince, you're my man. Come on up and kiss me. And he's almost right there kissing her. Who's shows up kitty good old martian kitty the girlfriend and she's like yeah you bitch you're not taking my man get up there and the asteroid uh which is is ported off to a different dimension and kitty says you know what i knew that it wasn't you you were just bamboozled by this asteroid witch. I'm going to take you back, and we're going to have a good time. But the story's like light and fluffy. The art by Murphy Anderson is gorgeous. Oh, my God, it's beautiful. Um, just this is this is the epitome of good girl art by Murphy Anderson. Um, and there's more. Wally Wood, uh, just great. Uh, the, there's a, a story in here where I'm going to get to it that the robots in love. Uh, two robots actually fall in love. There's a, um, it's called Adonis 2PX89. Like, what the hell's going on? Well, these aliens from the planet Blinson, they come to Earth and they see that Earthlings have atomic energy. And they're like, oh shit, well, we gotta do something to, to get, get over these people. And they, they, um, monitor the relations, right, between men and women. And they, they see that love, is very strong force on the planet. So they send these two robots down to, to bamboozle the, the populace. And, of course, the uh, the male robot, uh, Adonis 2PX89, gets the women after him, and the woman robot, Venus 1XP98, gets the men after him. But it doesn't really matter because the two robots fall in love. And it's beautifully drawn. It's amazing, amazing stuff. I always push the PS art books, um, but not through previews. Because if you're smart, you know that these things retail for like $49.99 a book, even more with the slipcase. But if you go to eBay, you can get them far cheaper, like mm. in, in the 20s. And that's around what I think these books are worth, where I, I like the PS art book approach, a lot of times what they're doing is, to my eyes, because I, I frequent the um, Golden Age websites that offer public domain books for download, um, a lot of what PSR books are doing is they're downloading these books and they're just reprinting them in these hardcovers. And I noticed this because um, what the people did that when they scanned these original books, they didn't put a black mat behind the pages they scan them right on the scanner and when you don't put a black mat behind the pages what do you get you get bleed through mm -hmm. from the stuff that's printed on the other side so um and even even on the cover image for this this hardcover you can see the bleed through and i'm thinking all right this is very similar to the bleed through that i'm looking at on my screen from this 
Amazing Adventures number one that I just downloaded from this archival website. So put two and two together, like Craigio does the same thing, where they'll they'll take public domain stuff, the work's already done, and they reprint it in a hardcover edition. Smart, yes, uh, but not for $50, no. So if you're going to get these things, get them for $20 or less on eBay. That's the, the sweet spot. So PS Art Books, Amazing Adventures, the whole six issues, so worth your time. Oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, I, I had something for In Your Travels because um, I finished it before we started tonight and I was, I was, I was really feeling it, but it'll keep, um, especially when Vince finally reads it. But um, What's that? Future State Green Lantern number two. So I'm going to wait. Oh, you might get it, yeah. I thought, right. no, I I thought know, you guys number one was one. great. Yes, and number two continues that, uh, but I really, really, really enjoyed the third. Well, I enjoyed the second story a lot, but I really enjoyed the third story um, in the issue. But um, we'll just make this a PSR Books Arama. What? Because, because thanks to you many, many months ago, I ordered for the first time ever the magazines Weird Mysteries. Oh yes. And Eerie Tales. Because yes. both have artwork by George Tuska. Uh Eerie has art by Grave Morrow. And both of them were just a blast. Uh the um the stories are, you know, what you would expect. Um I was going to say EC, but even even Mad Magazine, where you know it's just it, it's an anthology of handful of page stories, four, five, six pages. Uh, although instead of parodying movies and things being a laugh a minute, they're um, they're not they they don't end happy. Uh, there's some you know Aesop Fable kind of stuff going on, or Henry type tales, um, but each and each one each book kind of has has my favorite. Uh, each magazine and the um, the the first one in um, Weird Mysteries is um, is called Change My Face and it it has um, it it's not see I don't even it doesn't say they don't all credit um, especially the artists but they don't they don't all credit who uh, each each story doesn't always credit. But um, Change My Face takes place during the last days of uh, of World War II, and it's 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 totally expected. This 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 one Nazi soldier um, makes an escape and uh, and ends up at some um, some hotel, uh, but he needs to change his face. Cause he's going to work there now. He's going to, and so he calls on the doctor doctor shows up. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I got you. I got you. Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll fix your face up real nice. And, um, but after the surgery, um, umlaut promised the doctor that no, no, I'll, I'll, I won't harm your wife. Um, but you're the only person who can actually identify me. So I got to, I got to take you out of the picture. Um, and he keeps, uh, 
going about, you know, he's, he's trying to find a place where he can stay while his face heals up. Um, and a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Russians come to the establishment and he's like, okay, well they don't, I can't be all bandaged up. So I get, I, he takes, he takes the bandages off. So this way he can kind of blend in, but, but, the doctor got the last laugh because he ended up making my man look just like Hitler. So it's 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 really one of those, you know, be careful what you wish for. And then the um, the story in Erie is by Gray Morrow, and it it's it's a tale that um, that Cliff would love because it feels like it's straight out of uh, Turner Classic movies. But um, there's a uh, there's a hitman who is going to take a job, um, and he. Uh, it's there's this whole um it's kind of like a game show type thing and again it 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 ends with uh with the person who thought they'd be able to make it out on top um jokes on them but it, it it's more text heavy or narrative than uh than some of the other stories in the book so so morrow gets to work in these television s shaped panels um but it's still great i mean it's great moral but uh yeah no so so thanks vince for having me part my money on these uh, i am extremely happy i have i don't have any of the hardcovers i haven't checked out any of their other books but the magazines i see from time to time um you actually talked about these two because of the artists that were featured um, yeah so yeah, no, I was I, it was I I forgot it like, like Jason was saying you know you open up the box and it's like oh crap yeah I ordered this and and you know flipping through it and I just I had a lot of fun with it and they're you're not going to read them quick I mean no you know, there's there's a, lot. there's a ton of stories but yeah. there's also text pieces uh, I like looking at the ads it's it's it was a lot of fun did you know that I have used that cover for Weird Mysteries as my desktop image for at least. Eight years, I'd say. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that cover, and it's George Tuska. Like, yes, what? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, you know, I love that Tuska. I don't love the the, uh, the late DC comics, the late Marvel universe George Tuska on Iron Man. Not not a huge fan, but um, yeah, that George Tuska, sure, I love it. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed them. Yes. I wish we could make it a full Orama, but we can't. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, keep it short and sweet in your travels. Uh, whether you're reading this in issues or waiting for the collected edition, you all got the end at the same time because of the Corvid. And that is by... That's, I say Corvid because my dad called it Corvid the other night. It wasn't full of fun. I was cracking so, up. So cute. So funny. Um, <laughs> uh, written by Jeff Lemire. You may have heard of him. Drawn by the incomparable, yes, I'm going to say incomparable, Tyler Crook. It is the four issues of Colonel Weird Cosmogog, the latest in the uh, world of Black Hammer. Um, as I said, the, the fourth issue and the trade paperback came out on the same day earlier this month. And um, what can I say? I mean, it's hard for me to believe that Black Hammer started in 2016, because it still feels new to me, and I guess that's a testament to the quality. But the fact that we've been getting stories of these characters for five-plus years is remarkable to me. Um, this is the third or fourth in a line of 
miniseries that take a deeper dive into each of of the of some of the individual characters. This, of course, uh, looks at the titular uh, Colonel Weird, which is short for Colonel Randall Weird. Um, he's a member of the team that has been living on the farm. He's uh, resplendent in space gear and and has got cosmic powers, but he's also effectively lost, almost like he has dementia. Speaks in tongues, goes in and out of consciousness, uh, and this gives us a bit of the backstory as to the how and the why of that. And in typical Amir fashion, he manages to, in four issues, string together uh, time and reality shifts um, back and forth, and then give us an incredibly satisfying conclusion where... Uh, it really messes with your head in a way that a lot of time travel stories attempt to, but don't always pull off in that uh, it's a little bit of uh, without giving anything away. It's a little bit of the beginning is the end and is the beginning type of a situation. And as much as I love the way that Jeff crafts these books and I thought it was very, very well structured. I, I got to give all the praise in this case to Tyler Crook um, the dude is just amazing, and I, I feel like I'm falling more and more in love with his art with each passing issue that I get to experience. Um, I, I just I love the way the dude paints. I think it's beautiful, and this is no exception. Um, there's an if you're a fan of the of the Black Hammer universe, there is an incredibly satisfying duality to the ending because. At its heart, the story is about Cosmogog trying to find something he lost. And you get interstitially views of him as a kid, uh, as a um, as a space explorer before he loses his mind, as a member of the team that's fighting against anti-God in the big battle in the 80s. That's the culmination of this whole universe's uh uh, happenstance before they get exiled to the farm and of course in his modern state and it goes back and forth and the way that crook transitions is just masterful because there'll be a page where young randall is saying to his parents that he doesn't feel comfortable and then the next moment is grown-up randall laying in bed, looking at his white walls. Yeah, I guess his wife. I'm not sure if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but his lover um, with this incredibly awkward situation between them. And that happens every few pages. Whatever transition... The transitions are just so well executed, so flawless, and it really does give you the sense of, like, when you're thinking about something in your past and your memories kind of fly around and one thought may bring you to another point in your life, which may bring you to another point in your life. Somehow, Crook managed to evoke that emotional feeling on the page. And I don't, I'm not an artist myself, but I suspect that is not easy to do. And uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It may be my favorite so far of the of the minis, of the character minis, let's call them. Um, so I probably don't need to sell any of you on this if you're already reading the Black Hammer stuff. If you haven't tried any of the Black Hammer stuff yet, I'm probably not going to sell you on it because <laughs> what have you been waiting for? Um, but yeah, the, the the level of quality that has amassed in this universe is just stunning to me. Um, I don't know how it's possible, honestly. 
like when I think of Dr. Andromeda and Sherlock Frankenstein and the Quantum Age and Black Hammer 45 and even the Justice League, everyone is different and, and the collaborative partners are different, but everyone fits in perfectly. It feels true. It's it's most direct compass easily. The Mignolaverse, and I know this is going to probably... Um, <laughs> It's just going to probably ruffle some feathers out there, but while I recognize what's come of Black Hammer is a much smaller, it's a minuscule set of stories versus what's come of the Mignolaverse, so I'm probably unfairly comparing apples to oranges. The average quality of what we're getting from the Black Hammer universe is better than what we get from the Mignolaverse. Now again, I realize that's probably unfair because the Mignolaverse is a lot more stories and time and creative teams behind it such that it allowed for delusion. And maybe I won't be singing the same tune in five or 10 years, but as of now, the hit rate in black hammer is second to none in terms of connected universes that aren't in the big two. It's ridiculous. So check it out. If you haven't yet fooled. I'd agree with that. I don't think quantity has anything to do with it. I mean, as far as the approach is concerned, yeah, it's a, it's a, a multi-tiered universe, as is the Hellboy stuff. Uh, there are a lot of different characters. There's a lot of different things going on. Yeah, it's, it doesn't matter how much of each there are. I think there's enough Black Hammer under that has come that it, you can make a, 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 a comparison. That's what I'm saying. My man. Yeah, no, I think it's a very fair comparison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, everybody. Wow. Hey, thank you for being here with us on this sneak attack episode. We love you so much. You know this. We'll be back very soon. In the meantime, check out our Patreon page, 11 O'Clock Comics. Um, no, patreon.com forward slash 11 O'Clock Comics. Sorry. We're on the Facebooks and the Reddit and the Twitter and the Instagram, all on there. And uh, do yourself a solid hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. Uh, and then walk out of the room, walk back in, say, say it again, because you, why not? It won't hurt. In the meantime, say goodnight. I'm going to take a drink. And I don't care, because Dap is timing it anyway. doesn't matter. I could do a tap dance routine, and it, he would still get it right on the nose. See, he doesn't care. He's laid back. He's timing it. David. Because I was taking a sip at the same time. Wow. Good night. My my boys are going crazy upstairs. They are. Your dogs are literally barking. My man. Oof. I don't know. Mm. You're right? <laughs> late to the party on that. One. I think so. He didn't even David, say. No, see, not late as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where's the hors d'oeuvres? They're all gone. Sorry, you got here a little <laughs> too late. <laughs> and by the way, we should have said this earlier, but uh, <laughs> definitely p- peace and love to everybody that's dealing with the with the with the blackouts and stuff. It's 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 pretty crazy. Some pretty crazy weather. We we are in our area are pretty used to the ice cold and the low temperatures yeah. and the snow, but uh, it's definitely wrecking havoc. I think there are up, yeah. upwards of Seven, eight million people that are without power in the country right now, which is an insane number. So it's crazy. That's, Hang in there, y'all. Just talking about you know rolling blackouts for the first time in history, all hundred or two hundred, however many counties are in Texas 
there was a winter storm warning throughout the entire state. Uh, yeah. and that's never happened. And, and yeah, I mean, they might not be dealing with, you know, four, five, six, ten inches. But it's not, it's an area that doesn't see this kind of shit. It's like when I go down and visit visit my father, everybody in his complex, it's like, you all are from the east and the northeast. Nobody knows how to drive when, when, when there's barely any frost on the ground. I mean, Cliff and Justin tell us all the time, but it's, it does suck. I mean, I'm, I'm anxious for them. I, I, you know, Caleb dealt with some shit earlier tonight and, and, you know, there's, it ain't pretty. And I know what, I mean, they don't get to deal with it. And, and I, not dealing with it now, but I just, I, I feel for him. So it absolutely does suck. I, I'm not joking. At any, I'm not making, I'm not making fun of anyone, but you know, you can't drive and, and you know, your whole place locks down because, you know, you got some snow. They don't, they don't deal with it on the regular. Like we do, like you said, Jason, it, it's, it, this, this isn't anything new to us. It's, it's, it's a nuisance, but you know, you don't expect the entire state to shut down. Yeah, for sure. And best of all, you don't have a president tell you you're a bunch of pussies, right? This is true. This he's is actually true. he's actually, you know, empathizing with you and sending you. That's you that's stuff. insane. It's crazy. I got I, 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 I a, sh- uh, a shout out to Rod, to Arnie, to our boy Brian Newberry. Um, they've all uh, been some real mentions the past couple weeks. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Rod too. Rod, nice. the, Rod the God. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, now he's going to post. He's going to change his goddamn Slack name. Why? It should be. It should have been Rod the God all the time. <laughs> his heart is far bigger on the inside than it is on the oh, outside. See what true. I did? This See what I did true. there? Oh, yeah. Right? He's a slight dude, too. So his heart absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Oh, TARDIS. It's slight. No, I, was doing, I was doing a TARDIS. You were no, I we got it. But I'm just, I'm, I'm translating for Jason because he doesn't speak Hoovian. Oh, <laughs> uh, so wrong. Yeah. Good night, people. We love you. Later, boys. That's it for that one.